gotta prove it. We have souls. Prove what? As well as just heart. I'm not a mistake. You'll always have Paris. I you know that why you cry. I'm gonna make him an offer, Kevin. It must have been one hell of a night. We're about to forget him, Tiger. Alright. Uno dos tres quatro. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Bring Us Some Movies. It's been a minute. Would you say so? Uh, yeah. It's... We, we know life has gotten in our way. Yes. A lot's happened since the last episode. You're a film school graduate. Yes, I am. I've, I've, literally, I've literally aged. <laughs> I had a birthday. So, like, yes. you know, we're... But we're back. We're going to try to uh, get a more consistent schedule going um, in the yeah. coming weeks, hopefully. Sometime soon we'll have another episode up, probably. Yeah. We'll figure it out. It, it's just taking time. Yeah. If you can't tell, my congestion's really bad. Uh, I just got back from Florida for like a week and a half, and uh, f- which is fun time, but it's just go- going back to the cold and yeah, and and being in a in a new environment again messes with my congestion and my sinuses, which have always been bad. So we're just gonna roll with the punches. I had a I had a cup of hot English breakfast tea just a few minutes ago to kind of wake me yeah. up. I'll try to stay awake. I'm not not that I'm not excited, but yeah. you know, it's just it's been yeah. This is gonna be warn you. This is gonna be a more chill, low key episode because because we're out of school for yeah. once, and also just we you know we have things to do. So yeah, exactly. How old you? How old you turn again? You're, don't tell me. Twenty one. Yep. Yes. Okay. Good. I'm yep, still I, a good I'm friend. Legal now. I, I literally bought my first drink the other day. Yeah. And then it was funny because I was I bought it from work. I work at Sam's Club, but I was I was leaving work and they have to like scan you out when you leave. Yeah. So my manager like he scanned me and he he, he was like you have your your ID and I was like yeah. I showed it to him. He's like, oh oh yeah you're good because my birthday had just passed and he he thought that I was still too young. But what no, was I'm your not. first uh, age legal age legal drink? Uh, it was um, strawberry Moscato, which okay. was it was it wasn't bad. I enjoyed it. Good yeah. good I. I actually don't remember my. Fr- you know, no, I do remember. It was champagne at uh, a oh, okay. Carabas when uh, I had my friends over for. Yeah, I feel like I feel like after you have so many, you're just like, what was my first drink? Exactly. I don't remember my first. Well, legal, legal I remember, but I'd go back I if I could go back in time and do anything in 2021. I would uh, tell myself, hey, first of all, uh, shave more often, and second of all, <laughs> second of all, have a Miller Lite as your first drink. That's that's a good that's a good starting point. You think so? It's 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 good. It's good drink. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, movie news. Uh, let's see. It's that time of year again, folks. It's award season. Uh, can't say uh, that any of us, as I've, as I've said in the last episode, every time an award season for movies comes up, I roll my eyes and pull out the the Jason Bateman. I don't know what I expected <laughs> meme, but we're gonna see that's what they got. That's for... where the cynicism really comes out. Yeah. Th- this isn't this this isn't necessarily my favorite time of the year for movies, if only because there's not much going on right now in the theaters, and yeah. also because this is I mean, when it's, it's January. That's usually how it goes. Yeah. This month. It, it and you know January is just that time of year where you're like, oh, I wish it was Christmas again, but yeah. To be honest. Yeah. But anyways, let's see what we got for Golden Globes. Which did not, which did not air last year due to multiple controversies and multiple. Uh, uh, well, we're not going to get into that because we, you guys probably know at this point that it's. Let's let's just see what they have to yeah, offer. Yeah. yeah. So, best motion picture, uh, drama, and musical or comedy. First thing that sticks out at me, Elvis is a musical, and it's not in the musical uh, subgenre. That that already is the first sign of we're off to a great start. <laughs> yeah, what do you think? I don't know, like, like it's not 
like musical in traditional sense, but still, and if anything, it, I don't know. It's it's just strange. It's also strange to me that it's musical or comedy. Yeah, because they're two different genres. Yeah, and so, musical and comedy aren't necessarily like interlinked. Yeah, neither is drama for that matter. Like, why have so these? It's two? very strange to begin with. But yeah. uh, what else? We it's, got? it's the Golden Globes, I guess. Yeah, we got best performers. We got actor and actresses. We got uh, Brandon Fraser is in the whale. Definitely deserves that. He seems like he did a pretty good job. Uh, yeah, just it, watching the trailer, I was like, this movie's gonna make me emotional yeah it like the, I, mean, I haven't seen it yet I his line to. delivery is just so raw in some of his yeah, things also sadie sinks in that which like she's really great yeah on stranger things mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and we got uh bill nye in living the science guy yeah uh no, no oh ah i see what you did there <laughs> um i've never actually heard of this one this is a uh, this is um one of those situations where uh, the film industry serves up multiple niche and mainstream films. And as yeah. a film student, your job is to keep track of all of them. But by the time that the f- that the award season comes around, it turns out, whoops, here's a few extra you still didn't know about. Have fun playing catch up, kids. Right. But we also and then, and then you, just, you you never do. That's the tragedy of it. Exactly. You, you're never caught up. Even 2019, my favorite year for film ever, and my and the year that I felt like, oh yes, I finally caught up after watching all the Oscar nom uh, mm-hmm. categories. I still am looking for new films from that year to this day because it's just jam packed with great with great content from that year. Uh, we got Austin Butler uh, from Elvis, Brandon Fraser from The Whale, Hugh Jackman from The Sun, Bill Nye. Uh, it's N I G H Y. I still don't know how to pronounce his last Nye? name. Nye. Nye. I don't know. I don't know. He's he's it's very he's, weird. He's yes, he's English, so that makes sense. Uh, and Jeremy Pope from The Inspection. Uh, what else we got? Actress, we got Kate Blanchett in Tar. We got Olivia Coleman in Empire of Light. Viola Davis in The Woman King. Anna de Armas in Blonde, and Michelle Williams in The Fablemans. Uh, what do you think? Any anything stick out to you yet? Um, I I I'm trying to think who who's Michelle Williams again. Let me look. Michelle Williams. She's uh. Because if, if she's who I think she is, she in was the Fablemans. In... I. And like she did a really, really great job in that movie. She's in a lot of things. If if that's the actress, I'm thinking. Oh, she actually won a Golden Globe for portraying Marilyn Monroe in uh, the drama My Week with Marilyn. Believe it or not, like that's actually a, a real thing. She she played that, but also she was in Shutter Island, Oz Great and Powerful. Uh, okay, yeah. yeah, Michelle Williams, like she, she was absolutely. She played Mitzi. amazing. She played Mitzi in the uh, the Fight Women's apparently. Yeah, she was absolutely amazing in that movie. Okay. Like, genuinely, I was like, Whoa. yeah, man. Okay, so now, okay, that was all drama. So now we're moving on to musical and comedy. So the actors we got are Diego Calva in Babylon, uh, Daniel Craig in Glass Onion. Absolutely, he's going to be in that because he was fantastic in that. Uh, Adam Driver, White Noise, Colin Farrell, Banshees of Inisherin. You you said you haven't seen that yet, right? I haven't. Okay. Yeah. Was it you who was telling me about that movie? It was. Yeah. I heard, yeah. It looked really good, but I because I do like um, I do like Martin McDonough, but I haven't. I've only seen one of his films, and I wanted to ca- I wanted to play catch up with the rest of his uh, filmography. Uh, Ralph Fiennes in the menu. Da 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 da. We also got uh, Leslie Manville, Mrs. Harris goes to Paris, Margot Robbie in Babylon. That is okay. Just because it was made by the guy who did Whiplash doesn't make it a musical, guys. Come on. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, uh, Annie Taylor Joy. The menu. Yeah, she's she's gonna be in it, but I'm surprised that's is is the menu even a comedy or a musical? Because it looks like a drama. 
I have not. I guess a comedy. Like a dark maybe, comedy. Maybe something along the lines of like Knives Out. Well, yeah, but even. Because it's like, it has comedic. Kinda. I'm moments. staring at my poster for Knives Out right now, and I'm just trying to rack like my Knives brain. Knives Out think- is also like super tragic and sad. It's exactly. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Fitting things into labels is not going to get you the best results in most in most art forms. That's why we do. That's why us film critics like to do it anyways, <laughs> because we like to mess with your heads. Uh Best, so I'm just going to skip a few of these. Just go to the, the juicy ones. We got Best Director. We got uh, The Daniels, Mark McDonough, Spielberg, Cameron, and Baz Luhrmann and Elvis. That's, uh, is that drama or is, okay, no, there's no, so there's no, there's no drama and musical and comedy just, for, for um, the directors, yeah. but there is for actors and there is for, I think the Daniels deserve that one, to be honest. Yeah, I'm going to try to stop explaining the the award system because I'm just going yeah, to run my brain in circles if I do. Let's see what else. Screenplay. We got Tar, Everything Everywhere, uh, Woman Talking, uh, Fablemans, and Banshees. And, oh, here we go. Best Animated Feature. We got turning, this is, I'll admit, this was actually a really good year for, for, animated, for animation. And... Even even like the big companies like did really really well this year, so I'm excited to see what they got. We got Inuo, which is um, a, a Japan animation movie. We got Marcella Cello Shoes On, which is um, it's sort of stop motion, sort of live action, sort of animated. So that so if that wins, that'll be a big win for stop motion and animation. Yeah, I remember you mentioning that one on the podcast before. Yeah. Uh, Puss in Boots, Last I Wish. I heard, actually heard it's not, like, because Chris Stuckman, of all people, uploaded a review to it, and he was just talking about how much he, like, loved that movie, and I was like, really? Because I liked didn't, it? Pers- I personally didn't care to see it. Like, I like, I love Shrek. I, yeah. liked, I liked the first Puss in Boots movie. I haven't seen it since I was a kid, but I enjoyed it, but I never felt the need to go back. Yeah. So when I saw they were making a new one years down the line, I'm like, mm-hmm. older now, this doesn't really appeal to me. But apparently it's not too bad. So yeah. maybe I'll. It, it I think it looks amazing. Like I saw a, a, a little short clip. Yeah, from I like it. the animation a lot. Yeah, like it I just didn't. Awesome. Yeah. And turning red. Uh, turning red. I I'm a little I'm I'm a little biased simply because it was my very first ever published yeah. review, and also it it's the movie that brought my girlfriend and I together. So good. Turning red. That's my that's my winner. Good. We also have Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Uh, you, I'm not gonna say which, what the other, anything about the other Pinocchio things in the past years, except they all have been great, except the Disney one. That's all I'm gonna say. Oh yeah, didn't there so was the, three the, this year? Wait, because I was thinking there was Guillermo del Toro's. Wasn't there another Pinocchio that they did? There was. Or I, there's two they've know. done last few years. There's one by. Um, let me see. It, this is a whole uh, another head racking spiral of insanity that I have to go down. So we got a couple. Of, we got we got one from twenty uh, nineteen. It's an Italian film by Matteo Garon, who's apparently a phenomenal director. And we got we have one by uh, um, by Guillermo del Toro, who made Pan's Labyrinth and The Shape of Water and a bunch of other amazing movies that you've all skipped to see. His only other movie that you've all seen, which is uh, Pacific Rim. Shame on all of you. I haven't seen Pacific. I actually don't think I've seen any of his filmography. Okay, so Eric is so Eric is cooler than all of you. Glad, <laughs> glad we got that on the table. And then we have uh, the Robert Zemeckis Disney one. I don't care for that one. I'm not seeing it. I'm, if I sound dead inside right now, it's because I've got I've got I've, look. It's 2023. I've been through a lot. 
I'm tired. I I I think I've said you're, my piece you're on a film these stu- You're a film school graduate, so you, you you just like over everything. You're like all these yeah. things. <laughs> I'm like that. I'm like that old man you see at a park, just like kind of like getting his cup of coffee and reading the paper at the right. bench. You're like I'm That's over. Me. I'm over everything. Yeah. But good news is, thankfully, that RRR movie, the Indian uh, Bollywood uh, action thriller, it's got a few rewards. Uh, nominations right now so that's 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 all that matters to me i know it's that i know that i haven't seen it yet and i need to but the point is it needs something uh there's also a whole television section that i didn't even touch on there is yeah i didn't even scroll down to that but that's a lot of stuff what is the what is is this freaking tv the bears under musical or comedy the bears from what i've the bear from what i've seen of that show that show doesn't seem very funny it's like not funny like it's just it seems intense but like i've only seen like a clip oh but it was i was like wow <laughs> you know i'm reading the bear in its critical response is 100 percent around tomatoes but i can't tell if the bear is good or bad or something i like or something i not like because all i'm seeing in rotten tomatoes anymore is awful dad puns that's <laughs> and that's all that they that's all they export nowadays they make hundreds of thousands of dollars a year probably off these just god awful puns that i can't stand but I'm sure it's great. Ugh. I'm sounding like your movie. I'm sounding like the guy from your movie sucks now. Aren't I? <laughs> Anyways, okay. Let's get to something you love. Yeah, let's talk about Which something is, uh, really fun. Oh, Mariachi. Yeah, thank you. I was <laughs> been meaning to talk about this on the podcast for a while. We keep saying we're gonna watch uh, uh, Maximum Overdrive. We'll get to it. But right now yeah, we're yeah. we're it's, it, I'm, I'm we're treating. You already said Maximum Overdrive for how many episodes now? Four, I think. Yeah, that's pretty insane. But anyways, El Mariachi. That'll be, that'll be like a big deal when we actually do it. Yes, that'll be like our hundredth episode on yeah. it or something. But yeah, this is uh today or, we're talking about. We could just make it a meme. We just say we're gonna yeah. do every episode. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we just maybe we just like get more viewers by just tricking them into thinking we're gonna yeah. watch it someday. Sorry to all the Maximum Overdrive fans listening. This is nothing personal. Are they out there? Uh, should be. I don't know. I actually I did see one guy at the premiere I saw with um. A maximum overdrive T-shirt. Oh, okay. he, uh, he he seemed like a chill. So there guy. are a few. Yeah. yeah, but that was all. That was the only one I saw. <laughs> even, even even the guy at the theater who said he made the movie, like even he literally decided to like. He said like when this is funny. So he was like, so there was like doing like show of hands, you know, like so how many people here have seen this movie? And he and a bunch of people raised their hands. He goes, and the guy who was a part of the making of this movie said, why the hell would you want to see it again? Like like oh. like it was nothing. Like like damn, oh, geez, dude. Like. Dude. You you made money off this like, and you're still making money off this by doing the screening with us. Yeah. But but Why he was would you want to see it again. But he but he was funny and he had a point because it's kind of a stupid movie to mm. be in all fairness. Unlike today's movie El Mariachi, which absolutely is a stupid movie, but it's it knows it's stupid very and it's proudly it. made. Yes, it's very well made. It's on a budget of seven thousand dollars by Robert Rodriguez, who you probably know from Sin City, Spy Kids, From Dust Till Dawn. Alita Battle Angel, he did a bunch of good stuff after this, and he's still still chucking along after, yeah. what, 20 years, 25 years? Man. You would say he's up there as like one of your favorites, right? Oh, yeah, he's like, him and Edgar Wright and Sam Raimi and all those guys are like some of my absolute inspirations for like making, you know, like student films come to life with like, you know, with like cool, innovative ideas. Yeah. And it's like what he said about like the, like the, it's, he's always said that it, that you should be an advocate for these kind of things because like low budget films have so much energy and care and creativity in them that you don't see in a lot of 
like Matt in, yeah. in a lot of big budget stuff. Like he was, he said in an interview once how he didn't have a, a real cam, like a real camera stand for the for the 16 millimeter camera he shot this on because he he said quote it was just like too expensive and like it just didn't really like add anything to the film other than just a stable camera. And he said when you keep it on a stable expensive camera, it's the movie's gonna look stiff because it's always on there and nobody's ever moving it around or giving it life or energy and everything's just flat and just motionless and static. Yeah. And you don't want that in a film. You want some excitement and energy, which is what I, I miss out of out of like those kind of that era of low budget studio yeah. films. And, that, and and the great thing about like the directors you name, like Edgar Wright and, and Robert Rodriguez and Sam Raimi is that those those things don't go away even when they started doing more big block, uh, blockbuster stuff yeah they they still kept to their roots and they they have their hallmarks that made them that put them in the place that they are today yeah which is why i appreciate like sam raimi's stuff so much is just like because he's still it still feels like evil dead you know? yeah and like it's like you said about um I once showed you a little bit of Robert Rodriguez's book *Rebel Without a Crew*, which yeah. is one of my favorite books ever. And I told, and I, re- I showed you a few passages from. And in the end, you were like, "Yeah, this guy's too badass for Hollywood." Yeah, and I feel like that's true yeah, about I think a lot it was of these the, guys. The *Lethal Weapon* part you had sent me, yeah, like *Lethal Weapon 5 or whatever you said about it. Oh yeah, that was a great quote. Like I think the was it was he was said like he was it was after he'd made this movie, uh, which we haven't even gotten into yet, which we will in a second. Yeah. But like. I just love we'll rambling about. Bit. Yeah, I love rambling about like the the little minutia of it. So he was at a press conference with these other amateur directors, and they were being asked, you know, like if you were given like a fifty million dollar budget to like make Lethal Weapon Four, would you do it? And most of them said no because they said they weren't ready. But then Rob, and like Robert Rodriguez said, you could kind of feel the energy from the audience being like, yeah, right. And so when it finally got to him at the end, he said, damn right, I'd take it crowd cheers and he goes but with a few a few stipulations first of all it's going to be made of one million dollars because i can afford because i know how to shoot low budget and i'll just use the rest to save a country and second i'm going to kill off murder on rigs in the first five minutes of the movie and just replace them with like two out of great great out of work actors and just have them carry the movie and then everybody just laughed that at that yeah. that just shows me yeah the if, if they if Lethal Weapon 5 was to ever be made. Merton Riggs, they've done their time. They're literally too old for this shit. Yes. Mel and one of them piece is, of garbage. Yes. And then you so... Just, you know, just kill them start, off and just, yeah, just get just, it on. Yeah, with. just replace them with, with... Well, didn't they do a show, actually? I forgot about they that. They did, yeah. But it's it's been so long that I think they canceled it because it was like 10 yeah, years ago yeah, or something. Yeah, I think they did. And then they... I heard... Well, I don't know if I want to spoil... Yeah. Uh, you know, we're not going to get into it. Yeah. El Mariachi. Yeah, awesome movie. Made movie. with this super low budget that he got from, like, literally selling his body to, to this, like, scientific lab yeah. with, with, that, like, experimented pharmaceuticals on him. It's it's just If, that's, if it's awesome. one thing I learned from what I've read of the book, it's that his drive is absolutely insane to me. Yeah. Like, he... Like, the stuff he would do just to... Like when he talked about his editing process and all that, I was like, "You must really want this, my guy. Yes. You're putting yourself through all this." And he, then he mastered worker. it, though. Exactly. It's he. He was never like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna learn. This. I'm gonna do this for now, just so I can get my movie made or movies made." Rather, yeah. He stuck with it. He kept doing the same thing. He didn't because, give up. Yeah, because he because he learned it. He mastered it. It's like this is what I'm good at. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna do. This is supposed to be his practice film, and it made him two million dollars in a Sundance yeah. award. Like that is impressive for a first time feature. Yeah, because when it, I remember that part in the book where he was talking about, oh, I can't remember who he said gave him that advice. Where he was like, "Oh, yeah, you just, your your first screenplay, it's it's never good. So you just like you write it and then you throw it away. 
And he's like, what? No, I'm, I'm going to write it and I'm going to, I'm going to produce it. Yeah. And like, if it's not good, then like, at least you learn. Yeah. Like no one's going to see it. Cause then he say he's going to like, um, have a premiere at some company or like sell it to some company. So like if, even if it was poor, no one yeah. would actually see it and it would just be like, Oh, it's whatever yeah. throwaway movie. At least you made a movie. But then it ended up actually becoming like this huge thing because it was so damn good. Yeah. And he does, you know, sometimes make still bad movies, but like, mm-hmm. you know, the fact is like, He's not doing it because he's, like, cashing in a check and he wants to, you know, like, just pay the rent. He's doing it because he likes doing it. And he's like, yeah. you know what? If I make mistakes along the way, that's okay. Because he still made Alito Battle Angel and, like, and like freaking Sin City, like, recently. Like, he's still making, like, quality stuff because he's getting right. to practice and the reps and he's learning how to do it his way. And that's not very common, you see, in, in like, big-budget Hollywood. Like, I noticed watching El Mariachi that... As gritty and, you know, like, raw and, like, unpolished as a lot of it is, there's also a lot of, like, attention to, like, editing detail. Like, especially yeah. with his editing, he's really good at, like, knowing how to plan his shots and think about, like, what he's going to make in his head beforehand. And that actually shows in the final product. Like, some of this is, like, this was shot on a, <clears throat> a modern-day budget of about 15... Modern-day, it's about $15,000. But it's got better like action editing and action filmmaking than some 150 million dollar budgets yeah. unfortunately I remember when they said um who what what studio did they say bought it was it universal it was or? columbia columbia and sony pictures when they, when they said that they did like they spent more money in post-production to like fix some things than robert rogers robert rogers spent to yeah. make the whole dang movie is ridiculous it's like exactly like and like it's amazing that film companies don't take more chances on guys like this anymore because it makes them free money it's a free right. it's basically a free movie they're getting and they get to make some money off that and it's it would. It, I miss that era of the '90s when they were like trying out new directors, like with Slacker and Following and El Mariachi and people like that. Like yeah. those were those were exciting times. The '90s for the movies, and I, I'll admit, in this day and age, I am kind of nostalgic for a time that I was never a part of. But aren't we all? Yeah, exactly. Don't we all like to indulge in '80s and '90s movies? See, and that's stuff? how they get you. Yeah, and then we're and then we're all like. Oh, we're nostalgic for the '80s. We weren't there. We're not nostalgic. We just appreciate it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And um, and the humor too is pretty good. Like it's it's zany, but that's that's kind of yeah. Robert Rodriguez's specialty. Is oh, like absolutely. Over the top. Or like Spy Kids and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Like remember that part in um, El Mariachi where he's like he's on the he's like going to try to look for a job as a guitarist for a bar, mm-hmm. and he just pulls out that like ridiculous like '80s like keyboard with like goofy ass sound effects. Yeah. I love that part. It's it's so dumb and stupid and childish, but that's kind of why you why you pay a ticket to see this kind of movie because you right. know that's what you're in for. Exactly. It's and, just, and he got better too. Absolutely. And it, like like it's like I was saying earlier, he got better, but still, he never lost his identity of mm-hmm. what made his movie so special. Yeah, he said like literally, he's all he said for with Desperado, which made seven million dollars as his one of his next movies, and his like his the second in the Desperado trilogy, which he was like. Yeah, all I really did was just add a few zeros to the end of it because it was, it was $7,000 the first time and it was $7 million the next time. But, like, the energy and the craftsmanship of El Mariachi is still there, only more so in Desperado, I'd argue. Mm-hmm. I, I do think Desperado is a better movie, but, you know, like, you just you could see his, his him just take off with that baton and not stop. Like, he's, he was yeah, just, just based off of the clip you showed me from Desperado, I was like, wow, this seems amazing yeah <laughs> I, i'm excited to actually watch the full thing it's a great movie and his all of his movies are just a great time to watch i'd recommend it to anybody yeah do you have any other thoughts about el mariachi or um i will say this 
like I've always uh, had appreciation for low budget movies. Like mm-hmm. I, I like Evil Dead. Well, Evil Dead's I, okay. I, yeah, I appreciate Evil Dead more than I would like it, but because of how much I appreciate it, it, it makes me like it. Yeah, and and just I haven't seen Following, which is Christopher Nolan's like first. That that was his like first yeah. movie, right? It's pretty it, good. Yeah, stuff like that. Like when I do get to see these these movies, they make me go. Yeah, this is why I I like the medium to begin with. Exactly. It's because. Like, anybody could have made these exactly that's that's the appeal of it they're just so charming you know yeah. it's it's i what movie was, was i watching with my my ex-roommate um shout out will becker friend of the show i, th- oh, I uh, think it was uh i think it might have been evil dead was it army of darkness or no but it was evil dead 2 or maybe the first one yeah. one of the two and and he was talking about how much he loves like watching low budget like movies or student films just because of how uh charming they are and i was like yeah they they are they're just like so comforting i don't know something about them yeah because anybody could have made them but nobody can make them the way that that amateur filmmaker kids can do it yeah all right and also robert rodriguez is an absolute machine and a beast of a human being like he did all the production on this basically himself like he didn't have any crew that's why it's called rebel without a crew like he just he shot the movie he edited it he lit it he did all of it he's he's an absolute genius honestly yeah like he made Sin City after this. Like that's a hard movie to make, but he, gosh dang it, he did it. He's really good. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, what have we been watching last few uh, weeks? I guess. Um, you you can go. Yeah. Uh, so my girlfriend uh, has been uh shot have been was very excited over the entire winter break to show me it, and she, she we promised we wouldn't watch it till after we got back, and we were you know we were done with our vacation, but we finally saw Glass Onion, the sequel to my third favorite film ever made and the film that I you guys can't see it but I keep looking at it uh, the Knives Out which I have yes. a poster for yes the, let's 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 go through all the posters on your wall yeah so I got quite a few so this is a complete uh, left turn we'll talk yeah. about Glass Onion in a second but I got you want to talk about Solons yeah I got a rainbow collection of posters that are like different colors of the rainbow I got red 12 Angry Men orange Mad Max Fury Road yellow Candyman green is the Hustler blue is three colors blue and purple is sorry to bother you and then on my main wall, I have like the like cool discount posters I've gotten, but they're like they're like old movie vo- movie posters, like from old movies. So I got Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. I got Dog Day Afternoon, Point Break, The Fugitive, and then my two favorite movies for a double feature ever: Baby Driver and Knives Out. I'm I'm considering xing out Kevin Spacey and Ansel Elgort for Baby Driver, but that's not the important part. So shush. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I I like have awesome movie posters. My thing. Yeah, I'm just, just saying. Uh, but yeah, Glass Onion um, was a great movie. This uh, this that came out this previous winter. Um, Benoit Blanc is absolute just joy to watch. He's funny. He's charismatic. He's got like great comedic chops. He's just like it's it's just like watching. Uh, Confess Fletch, like from earlier this year. Mm, it's, it's, I remember you telling me about that. One. Yeah, it's like one of those really great uh, mystery comedies of the year, and it, I, th- I think I do think you know Knives Out and Confess Fletch are a little better personally, but Glass Onion is still a good time. Yeah, it's good time. Really Not all acquired, as Jeremy Johns would say. Yeah, <laughs> and like honestly, like it's it's one of the few sequels I can think of that's like actually outclasses the original in some ways. Like it's. I know I just I just said that Knives Out is better, but like what I mean is like this one feels like it expands upon the last one, and you you know it gives you a, it gives you like 
like more of what you want not it's not just the same thing repackaged like it has new twists and new like revelations it's got it's got a more campy tone to it actually this is gonna sound goofy this is gonna sound like the goofiest shit ever but i'm being serious it reminds me a bit of the austin powers franchise for for two reasons yeah this is it takes a bit of explanation but firstly actually three firstly it's really funny uh uh, in its music, its music is very similar to Austin Powers. Like if you watch like the like the establishing shots and of the mansion and the sweeping orchestral scores of uh, Glass Onion, like it's just like not, it's just like Austin Powers, it's like you know like the, the Bond score. It's like an imitation mm-hmm. Michael Giacchino. And then like secondly, in the sense that like it's the second one, in both series, the second movie embraces a campier, goofier tone that like makes it kind of actually a little bit better than the first one in some ways. And third. Well, I can't say that reason on on podcasts, but you guys probably get what I mean if you're in California and in Colorado. Right. Just saying. Yeah, we got it. Yeah, but anyways, um, what about you? What you been watching? Great movie, um, Class Onion. Check it out. I'm trying to think of the last movie I watched. I can't recall. But just, I've just been watching a lot of TV. Did you watch the Fable ones? Did we talk about that one last episode? No, we we actually were we were gonna the day I saw Fablemans we were supposed to record an episode, but some stuff came up. Um, but Fablemans, well, that was, that was a while ago. But I I did like the Fablemans, yeah, quite a bit. Um, it was a Steven Spielberg like biopic, like loosely based off his life, not exactly, yeah. But um, I just, and I had no idea this movie existed until I I went home for Thanksgiving. And I was talking to a family friend, and I told him, uh, I was like, oh, I'm a film student. And they were like, oh, I've heard of the Fablemans. And I was like, no. I was like, that's a Steven Spielberg movie. And I was like, oh, snap, really? Mm-hmm. And I immediately texted you. I was like, we got to go see this. And um, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. It's a bit long for, for what it is, but I yeah. still I still found myself being thoroughly entertained. And, Good. And, you know, found out some stuff about, you know, where Steven Spielberg came from. So Yeah, it's, it's kind of like Robert Rodriguez in a way. He, like, they all started as just like, goofy kids who just yeah. like wanted to make something like, fun yeah who were like mike just playing around with the camera and then became extremely creative <laughs> yeah somehow like they just happened oh yeah i happen to be a genius with this thing yeah. and so i'm gonna run with this a little further it's actually ridiculous how smart <laughs> these people are I'm i know like, like what well, well, shit, shit, shit tell us a little bit what you guys do like you eat you eat vegetables or something like yeah come on give me a break. whoa how'd you do that i knew you were gonna do that too i knew you were gonna quote that i'm done <sighs> Go see oh, Fable you know, ones. Eat your green vegetables. Okay, I'm, not... <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah, but well, was you 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 know you're not helping. You literally got me a Joe's sticker for for my birthday. Okay, yeah, I know that. But like the Joe's pizza thing, in my defense, I've been trying to go to New York City and go to that restaurant for like years, but I never got a chance to. Even when I was living near Manhattan, surprisingly, like I've been trying to. See all the cool movie stuff from New York City, but mm-hmm. I'm always busy. There's so much of it. Also, it's 500 miles away, so I can't. Yeah. But anyways, um, so yeah, tell, the Fablemans was pretty good then. Yeah, Fablemans was great. Yeah. I really liked it. I also um, another movie I saw in theaters is Avatar. Oh yeah, I, forgot, I keep forgetting. I that. yeah, really liked Avatar. I actually reviewed it for the school newspaper. I I had like some problems with it, but for the most part, I really really liked it. I thought it. I liked it even more than the the first one, so Good. yeah. But yeah, I like, and we watched a little bit of the first one uh, on our last night with uh, our friend Will. Uh, yeah, who we just mentioned earlier. Uh, and it was, you know, I, I'll admit it was a little, very little bit of early two thousands cheesiness to it. But mm. honest to God, 
the thing is with a lot of these like old like adventure action movies in the 2000s as as like kind of hammed up and ridiculous as they are they have this sincerity to them that's kind of missing from most modern action movies like like so so many times you see like it just like the actors are just kind of like snarkily saying one off fourth wall jokes that like take away the, the seriousness of the serious moments yeah. they do it so frequently that it's just like exhausting and so i'm glad that like you know avatar was as good as i remember it being as a kid because you know i miss you know like you know like actual serious stuff the stuff that took himself seriously because there's nothing wrong with that guys yeah and it's, also and also i like while i like the first avatar i wouldn't say i love it or anything i also i appreciate it it's one of those films i appreciate more than i would say i like it just because of how passionate james cameron is about this series and how much work he's putting into it it's we we don't get a whole lot of true passion projects in in hollywood these days so Mm -hmm. the fact that we're we're getting some i'm excited to see where where it goes because i I think it really shows in uh in way of water that it's that he's he's got a good thing going absolutely yeah but um uh, it's apparent it, it better not be switched to musical or comedy if they, oh, if they do it. if they do that for if they do clubs, man you know what I, yeah. I'll, I'll quit movies altogether you know i've already quit movies altogether just true saying, but, uh anyways uh let's say we wrap this up with a few questions uh uh we'll start with uh one from my girlfriend anna davis owens what is your favorite shout out front of the show yeah what is oh dang that was a loud car yeah car backfire you guys heard that. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Uh, question from Anna Davis Owens. What is your favorite game to play together? He's still going, isn't he? Just... Obnoxious. Come on. Right here, dude. Come on. Anyways, what is your favorite video game to play together? Um, we, we were actually discussing this earlier, and we were like, yeah, all right. We, we, we both knew what it was, and we just said Uncharted, because that's because it is. It's honestly the best game you can play with a friend. It's so fun. Yeah, and it's not even it's like it's multiplayer or anything. It's just fun stories to experience because fun action set pieces right they're just like big blockbuster movies that you yeah that are in the form of a game that's the appeal of them yeah and and plus the, like so many like cool just great times like um associated with uncharted not only us yeah. playing the games in my freaking dorm back back in the day which mm-hmm. was literally only like a year ago but it feels yeah. like back in the day at this point it feels a long time ago yeah. but you know also just like seeing the movie and and um that whole experience and then recording the podcast which was one of our first podcast episodes was uh, talking about the uncharted movie yeah. so just like a lot of a lot of fun times Thanks. tied to a tied to just uncharted i say that amanda's different after 21 and it feels like i was already a kid at 21 and now here i am at 22 and i'm still and i still feel like i'm i'm not i'm a kid <laughs> like i'm gonna still feel like a kid. i did not i did not English so you basically that. you feel you still feel like a kid even after 22 yeah although it's you know i the reason i say 21 is because fitzgerald once wrote in great gatsby uh that tom buchanan was a man who was so uh well acquainted with misery given his affinity for lo- feeling like he's gone on a downward slope since the end of his 25th his 21st birthday and then john green the guy from crash course said listen if you're under 21 it's hard to understand the significance of that burn but trust me it's a burn man that always made me laugh but so is it just is it downhill from, from it's there? not downhill no but like that that quote makes me laugh <laughs> no i'm not going downhill if i'm going downhill i'm snowboarding it's only because i'm snowboarding <laughs> that's, that's funny yeah but yeah uh what about uh 
what about you? Is it Uncharted for you as well? Yeah, it's definitely Uncharted. Well, well, we another game we also played together um, was The Last of Us. Yeah, and that was uh, good too. Yeah, I I love The Last of Us. It's literally one of my favorite games of all time, and I'm actually pretty excited for the show coming out later this month. Yeah, um, yeah that'll be good. But uh, like, I love The Last of Us, but it's definitely a story that I feel like you really like. Just kind of, it's good to experience by yourself or with other people. I feel like it's a story you really engage in. Like you put on some headphones and you just like get immersed mm-hmm. in it. And the experience, whereas with Uncharted, it's a great thing to share with it's someone like else because it's like a movie. So two yeah. different experiences. While I do like The Last of Us more, I think to play in terms of games we played together, exactly. Uncharted takes the cake for sure. Yeah. And I know some people like Scorsese have said like, you know, like, like a lot of entertainment today is like theme park rides. But there are really entertaining, really well-made theme park rides like like Uncharted and Fury Road and, you know, uh, Avatar. And then there's, like, like the kind that, like, just, just are the overwhelming majority of, of, of modern theme park entertainment, which is just obvious, schlocky, gray, dull CGI mush, which yeah. is what I don't like. And that's why I, I gravitate towards the more interesting creative stuff nowadays. Right. Yeah. So what, uh, we have one other question from uh yeah from uh from my girlfriend Christina Austin. Shout out for another show. Her question was, uh, when was the last time you were in awe of something? Hmm. Last time I was in awe of something. Uh, that's a good question. I guess I, I really was in awe of Jordan Peele's Nope this year. We talked a bit about oh, it yeah. on me our too. third episode. Yeah, that like struck me as like one of the like a very like just. It's just to the point emotionally just like like just dread like emotionally dreadful movie and I'm, i don't mean i mean that in a good way like, cause, like yeah, it yeah. just it grabs at like your heartstrings especially the part that like always makes me tear up a little bit is the part where oj and uh as are like like he he does the um thing with his fingers to like look at yeah. her eyes like mm-hmm. and like you think oh, no he just got he like, because that that scene is so frustrating because he just got good at emotionally being open again and like that like it's so heartbreaking that he has to sacrifice himself to save her and i'm not going to spoil how the movie ends but like the the final payoff to all of that is just so satisfying yeah it it, it, it i was ready to cheer in the audience of four people in the in the room i was <laughs> in because by that point it, it had done good at the box office thankfully but i i right. got it uh, towards the end of its of its theatrical run. yeah i think jordan peele's kind of established himself at this point as a pretty dang good filmmaker yeah and i yeah i like nope as well too i really really enjoyed it mm-hmm. um my answer last time i was in awe of something avatar the way of water oh wow. I, like absolute like i saw that movie in, in imax and 3d which i actually didn't realize that's what i got the tickets for until i got there and I like, you know, do the, do the QR code thing. And she handed us uh, 3D glasses. I was like, wait a minute, this is in 3D too? And and it was just like an amazing experience. Like I, like it's unlike any other movie I've seen on the big screen ever. Yeah, so it's I, the first 3D movie since actually Lita Battle Angel. Yeah, and I, I, I don't Rodriguez really movie. watch 3D movies like that anymore. Because you remember that era where 3D was like a gimmick? Where like every yeah. movie was like 3D? Like Shark Boy, uh, I remember just like Shark Boy and Lava Girl and like Journey to the Center of the Earth, stuff like that. Like, yeah. I mean, those movies were fun. I don't get me wrong. But they're very gimmicky. Yeah, and, and, and then like there came that era where like 3D kind of calmed down. So when you saw a movie in 3D, it was just underwhelming. It was like, this doesn't need to be in 3D at all. Except Tron Legacy, which is an underrated masterpiece of a 3D movie in my opinion. I haven't seen it, but I... What a disservice you were doing. <laughs> yeah. if you, if you, I saw that in IMAX 
in a, on like opening night with I, 3D I glasses. The only thing Tron I've seen is I've watched the show Tron. Was it Tron Uprising? Tron Uprising. Oh, that was pretty good. Which like I liked that show a lot, but it ended on a cliffhanger and got canceled. Yeah. I hate that. So you know, hey, sound familiar? But, Warner Bros. Animation. Hmm. But but yeah, it was it was just an amazing amazing movie and and that that era like i was saying before that era with the more 3d movies just became less interesting just because it was just like this could just easily be 2d i'm not spending the extra money to see this 3d so i just stopped seeing movies in 3d altogether i think before this the last 3d movie i saw was when i when we went to go see dawn of the dead um the The re-release yeah yeah which was like cool but even still i was like this doesn't need to be in 3d yeah that didn't need to be 3d yeah but but seeing this movie in 3D, I was like, man, that that's how you use that's how you use 3D. It that's, looked like a PS5 game, but like come to life. Almost. Yeah, and it was so lifelike. But you could, like, you knew it was CGI, but it was like lifelike. And I was like, how did they do this? It looks so good. Yeah, it was. It yeah, looked I, so I was definitely in awe of that movie. Yeah, like absolutely. Yeah. All right. I think that was a pretty good episode. We're roughly at the 40 minute mark. Uh, next episode is going to be Eric's pick. Uh, uh, it's whatever he wants. I, I think we should probably just stop saying what our next episode is going to be because yeah, otherwise cause I, it'll be. I have no idea actually. Because it'll be maximum overdrive till the end of time if that's the case. But. <laughs> They're doing we're doing maximum overdrive next time, guys. Yeah, why not? And we're gonna throw in uh, Dial M for Murder, the Hitchcock movie, who, which he said was like, like the reason I bring that up, and we're not gonna actually see it, but is because like <laughs> one of the last movies I ever saw for class was that one, and Hitchcock and and. It, right before we saw the movie, like our teacher Berliner gave us a quote from Hitchcock, which said, "Yeah, 3D was a nine-day gimmick. I got there on the ninth day." <laughs> that is, <laughs> which funny. is, a, I think, a best quote to end this podcast episode yeah. on. I, uh, yeah, I thought I might take a look at like turn, the Turner Classic Movies or something. Yeah. I'm feeling, I'm feeling something a little classic. Cool, you know, maybe. So it works for me. Yeah. All right. Well, we like to thank you all for watching and wish you all true and false. Very pleasant. Good evening.